my dear listeners, and welcome to Counter Melody. It is I, your host, Daniel Gundlach. And as always, I'm committed to bringing you the voices of beloved singers, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. You will also be hearing less celebrated but equally treasurable artists who deserve our attention and respect. I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. And now, without any further ado, let's get down to today's business. Great singers and great singing. Hi, everyone. Just as I was preparing my episode for last week, news arrived on my phone of the death of Teresa Żyliskara, the velvet-voiced Polish soprano at the age of 91. Because of her recent demise and because she was one of my very favorite singers of all time, I'm dedicating this entire episode to her memory.
That was a 1979 live recording of the a cappella section from the Liberame of the Verdi Requiem. That was Teresa Giliscara with the Polish conductor Kazimierz Kort leading the Warsaw National Philharmonic Choir. It also just happens that last week I promised you that I would be bringing you a series of episodes in the coming season on Eastern European singers. Last week we had Nikolai Herle, this week Teresa Giliscara, two singers that fit under that heading. I know there are a lot of fans of this great artist out there, so this is for all of you as well. I have a number of rare recordings to share with you, but first, let's just do a little biographical sketch. Teresa Giliscara was born on the 23rd of January, 1930, in Landwarow, which at the time was in Poland and which is now in Lithuania. She studied music at the conservatory in Łódź, where her voice teacher was Olga Felixovna Olgina. And in 1954, she won a vocal competition in Warsaw, which led to her first singing engagements. She made her debut in 1956 at the opera in Krakow, where she sang the title role of Stanisław Moniuszko's Halka. This is the first opera composed in Polish, and Moniuszko himself is considered the father of Polish opera. We'll be hearing something of one of his operas in just a few minutes. Gilles Gara continued to win vocal competitions, including in Toulouse in 1958 and third place in the ARD music competition in Munich in 1960. This latter led to her engagement at the theater in Oberhausen. In those years, her vocal study continued under Dietger Jakob, and in 1962, she joined the ensemble at the opera in Dortmund. She also, in that time, was engaged at the Deutsche Oper am Rhein in Düsseldorf. It is with a live recording from 1965 that I now treat you to Monteverdi, such as you have, I guarantee, never heard him before. This is from a recording that features live performances from the stage of the Deutsche Oper am Rhein, and we have a so-called edition of Monteverdi's In Coronazione di Popea by one Erich Krack, a German conductor and <coughs> arranger, shall we say, who lived from 1898 to 1975. This is his edition of Monteverdi's Coronazione di Popea. Teresa Giliscara was emerging into her beautiful swan phase, and she sings here the role of Popea, opposite a tenor named Wilhelm Ernst, about whom I can find absolutely nothing. I don't find him particularly interesting either, but wait until you hear the voice that Giliscara unleashes here. It is one of the most gorgeous, refulgent sounds that I've ever heard in my life. This is not an easy-to-find recording, so I'm really thrilled to share it with you.
in her early days in Germany, Julie Scarab really was known as a Baroque singer. She made a number of recordings for EMI of Bach and Händel and for Deutsche Grammophon of Stradella and Emilio de Cavalieri. I'm going to offer you one of my favorites of her Bach recordings. This is from the Oster Oratorium, the Easter Oratorio, and the aria is called Seele, Deine Spezereien, the soprano here impersonating Mary after her visit to the tomb, sings the words, O soul, your spices need no longer be only myrrh. Teresa Giliscara is joined by the flautist Hartmut Strebel, and the Süddeutsche Kammerorchester is led by Wolfgang Gönenwein in this 1965 recording.
In the 1960s, EMI Electrola had a series called Musik in Alten Städten und Residenzen. It concerned itself with music that had been performed at various courts. In 1966, the German trumpeter and conductor Fritz Lehan led a recording in this series called Hannover, eine festliche Soiree im Herrenhausen. So this had to do with the Herrenhausen Schloss, and lucky for us, Handel had connections there, and we hear a few selections on this recording from his opera Amadigi. And who turns up as the soprano soloist but Teresa Giliscara, who here sings the aria Aspietato. I'm starting from the B section, and then I'm playing you the somewhat ornamented return of the A section. I want you to hear how very clean her coloratura is here. That stood her in very good stead as her career progressed and her voice developed. Oh, <laughs> 
1965, Teresa Giliscara made her first international breakthrough with her debut at Glindborn, singing the title role of Strauss's Der Rosenkavalier, that is, the role of Octavian. Interestingly, she also sang Komponist in the Rudolf Kempe studio recording of Ariadne of Naxos. Later in her career, she would go on to take on both leading female roles in those two operas, the Marschallin and Ariadne. I'm saving Strauss for later in the episode, but this is a readily available recording that you can find, and it's worth seeking out because the marshal in here is none other than Montserrat Caballé, and the Sophie is the delectable Swiss soprano Edith Matis, who one of these days I will be featuring in an episode. I won't say if it's the last thing I do, because God knows what the last thing I'm going to do will be. But she is a real favorite, and I've been collecting her recordings for years. Moving right along, Gilles Gara was also celebrated as a Mozartian, and she was the Donna Elvira of her generation, and one might even argue, of all time. This was a role that she sang in Paris, in Vienna, in Salzburg, under Herbert von Karajan, and for her Met debut in 1968. One of the great misfortunes about Teresa Giliscara is that she was so under-recorded. It's really criminal how under-recorded she was, but she didn't have, I don't believe, a recording contract with any of the major labels. But there are nonetheless treasurable discoveries to be made if one digs deep enough. For instance, on December 10th, 1977, she and her compatriot and tenor colleague Wieslaw Ochman participated in an operatic gala in the city of Poznan, which, thank goodness, has been released. I say thank goodness because they were both in extraordinary voice. They sing duets together, one of which I will feature on the bonus episode today. But she sings several of her so-called party pieces, and she's in extraordinary voice, so I'm simply going to play them for you. Boom, boom, boom. First of all, here is Don Elvira. I had to take a little cut in the aria because this is already a long episode, but I doubt you will have ever heard this aria sung as beautifully and expressively as it is here. The orchestra of the Poznan opera is conducted by Jacek Kaspšik. Thank you. 
Teresa Giliscara also was extraordinarily well-suited to French opera. There are a number of examples of this. There's a live Manon from Chicago that you can hear on YouTube. There's a studio recording of Ernest Chausson's Le Roi Artus, where she sings the role of Ginevre, or Guinevere, opposite the Lancelot, Lancelot, of Another great tenor, the Swedish lyric tenor turned Jugendlich Heldentenor Jöst Windberg. There's also a radio recording of Berlioz's Benvenuto Cellini opposite Franco Bonisoli, who is at his absolute best here. But I should stop talking about what I'm not going to play and offer you the jewel song from Gunnar's Faust. This is, at its very best, a frequently insipid aria, which is often taken on by singers who maybe should give it a rest. I don't want to be unkind, but get a load of what Giliscara does with this aria. Notice that when she crests up to that high B at the end, she don't take no breath, and she has a fabulous trill. 
This all is to merely highlight the fact that Teresa Giliscara was an extraordinarily gifted vocal technician, as well as possessing a voice of creamy, sumptuous, caramelly, velvety beauty. Yes, I could go on and on. This is again from the 1977 gala concert in Poznan. Giliscara also sang Puccini with extraordinary grace and beauty. During her time at the Met, between her debut in 1968 as Elvira and her final performances there in 1984 as Manon Lescaut, the majority of her 228 performances there were of Puccini heroines. Everyone from Mimi to Suor Angelica here is an example of her exquisite Mimi again from that Poznan concert in 
Julie Scara knew what the limits of her voice were, and she moved very, very gradually into heavier repertoire. She never sang the title role of Turandot, for example, but she did give the world one of the most memorable lieus ever to be heard on the operatic stage. Here's a live recording from the Deutsche Oper Berlin, right here in my now hometown, of Teresa Giscara singing Signore Ascolta, Liu's first act aria. The orchestra is led here by Zubin Mehta, whom we will encounter again at the end of this episode. While we take a little breather after that extraordinary display, let me just mention to you again that as Counter Melody approaches the end of its second full season, I'd like to remind you that I am currently trolling for supporters on Patreon for the podcast. I'm aiming to reach 50 supporters on Patreon by the beginning of season three. I'm about two-thirds of the way there, and I would so love it if you would join me as either a monthly supporter or a yearly supporter. For $2 a month on up, 
or for $25 a year on up, you can gain access to all the bonus episodes that I am posting. And today I have a super special one for you. That is Teresa Giliscara in duet, featuring live performances with Vieswolf Ochman, Franco Bonisoli, Alfredo Kraus, Piero Visconti, Peter Lindros, and Jose Carreras. You don't want to miss it, believe me. So, friends, go to patreon.com slash countermelody and pledge your support and gain immediate access to all 25 bonus episodes that I have now posted. Looking forward to seeing you there. And now let's get back to the program. I mentioned that Teresa Giliscara's debut in opera was in the title role of Stanislav Moniuszko's Halka. Here is an even rarer aria from Moniuszko's final opera called Paria, or The Pariah. It's the only opera of Moniuszko's that does not take place in Poland. This takes place in India, although there is precious little local color in the piece. I haven't heard the whole thing through, but here is a gorgeous aria by the heroine Neela. Sounds like Leila, not inconsequentially. The opera is based on a play by the French dramatist Casimir de la Vigne, who also wrote the play that provided the source material for Verdi's I Vespri Siciliani, which we will be encountering in a few moments. This is Neala's romance when she finds out that the man that she is in love with, a warrior who has just defended his country from their enemies, is actually not a member of the Brahmin caste at all, but was in fact born a pariah. This is what Neala sings when she is first told this information by her lover. Oh, my God. 
Teresa Giliscara was also incredibly well-suited to Russian opera. She sang Tatiana at the Met and in other venues, and she also sang the role of Lisa in Pique Dame around the world. Here she is in an excerpt, well, in two excerpts, really, from Tatiana's latter scene. I start with the very beginning of the aria, and then I cut to the lyrical section, Ktoti moi angeli hranitil. Sorry about the cut, it's a long scene.
another aria that Gilles Gara sang with silken beauty and grace was the, if anything, overdone Song to the Moon, from Antonin Dvorak's opera Rusalka. I think Gilles Gara has the right approach. I'm going to play you the second verse in this 1979 performance with Kazimierz Kord leading the Polish Philharmonic. He was also the conductor on the Moniuszko and the Tchaikovsky. Teresa Giliscara also made some very interesting forays into the bel canto repertoire. Early in her career, she had a big success singing the title role of Anna Bolena in Düsseldorf in German. From a few years later, with the Hamburg Opera in 1974, I'm going to play you an excerpt from Rossini's Guillaume Tell, or in this case, Guglielmo Tell. This is the panicked aria of the heroine Matilde, called Ah, se privo di speme e l'amore, 
which reaches a fever pitch by the end and goes into a tumble of roulades and coloratura passages, which Teresa Giliscari handles with extraordinary aplomb. Teresa Giliscara was very popular at the Met. She had sung a very wide range of repertoire there, focusing always on Puccini, expanding into Verdi, also including Wagner's Elisabeth in Tannhäuser and Elsa in Lohengrin. She sang Tatiana in Eugene Onegin there. She sang Countess in Figaro. She sang Fiordiligi. She sang two performances only of Violetta in Traviata, and she was one of the most memorable Desdemonas ever to trod the boards at the Met. Of course, one of Giliscara's most famous performances of Desdemona was on the 1972 Met Gala honoring Sir Rudolf Bing. It was there that she sang the first act love duet opposite Franco Corelli, who was announced for the coming season as singing his first Otellos. Sadly, those performances of Corelli as Otello never took place, but there is a fascinating and gorgeous document of the two of them singing that duet together, and again, it's something that is readily available and that I recommend it to everyone. In her final year at the Met, she also sang the title role in Adriana Le Couvreur on the Met tour. I don't know the details of her departure from the Met, 
but she was certainly a beloved artist there. But once she left the Met, she really spread her wings and began to sing more Verdi roles, and a wide range of Verdi at that. Of course, Desdemona remained in her repertoire, and she continued to sing Leonora in Trovatore, but she also took on roles such as Elena in Vespri Siciliani and Amelia in Ballo in Maschera. I'm going to play you first from Vespri, live in Bonn, on the 11th of June, 1987. Here is an aria that I love with all my heart, Arrigo, a parli a un core, that actually is poised as a solo moment in a longer duet in the fourth act. Here's an opportunity to note how exquisitely in tune Teresa Giliscara's singing is toward the end of the aria. There is a slow descending chromatic passage that repeats. Remember, this is a live performance, and in the second iteration of that chromatic descent, she goes off for just a split second, but then immediately corrects it. This is a great singer, live at work.
Now from a live performance in Paris in 1983 at the Théâtre du Champs-Élysées of Ballo in Mascara, here is Teresa Giliscara singing not the entire scene at the opening of Act Two, just the deadly ascent to the high sea at the conclusion of an already taxing aria. Here you can observe Teresa Giliscara's excellent technique again and how it served her as she moved into larger roles. She's not by nature what I would consider an ideal Amelia, but temperamentally the role suited her very well. But she handles that punishing high C with, if not the ultimate in power, then with a good deal of aplomb and, above all, musicianship. As the program begins to wind down, I just want to take a quick look at Teresa Giliscara as a recitalist. Teresa Giliscara was very popular in France, and in 1981, Erato Records released her recording with the famous Polish pianist Halina Czerny-Stefanska of Chopin Songs. Nearly 15 years later, in 1995, when she was aged 65, she re-recorded the Chopin songs with the pianist Waldemar Malitsky. I'm going to play you just one song today, 
because we're running short on time. This is one of his most famous. It's Moja Pishochka, or My Sweet Love, with a text by the eminent Polish poet Adam Mickiewicz. I think you'll recognize it when you hear it. I'm using a little sleight of hand here. The song divides quite neatly into two different parts, and for the first part, I'm playing the 1981 recording with Czerny Stefanska at the piano, and for the second half of the song, I'm cutting to the Waldemar Balitsky accompanied performance from 1995. You will, of course, hear a difference in the recorded acoustic, but the voice still retained much of its velvety beauty. Just yesterday, too late to include in the episode, I received in the mail a copy of one of the rarest Teresa Giliscara recordings, that is of three songs by Karl Szymanowski, the eminent Polish composer. I may include those on a bonus episode in the very near future, but for now, I do have some Szymanowski to offer you. In both 1970 and 1974, Teresa Giliscara sang Liederabende at the Salzburg Festival, both times accompanied by the pianist Eric Verba, whom we've heard many times on this podcast already. I found myself wondering if Eric Verba had ever played this song cycle by Karl Szymanowski before. The songs of the lovesick Muezin, as they're usually known in English, or... Piesni Muezina Shalonego, which Szymanowski composed to poems by Jaroslav Iwaszkiewicz. I have loved these songs since I first heard them back in the mid-1980s. This is the third song from that cycle. 
Ledwie blask słońca złoci dachy, wiesz, mój głos posyłam tobie. Wiem, że w poranku spokoju ufasz w jego srebrny ton. Zbudź się, zbudź i przyślij wraz ze słonkiem twój pierwszy uśmiech, oluba. Allah, Allah. Ah, my trusty Google Translate assistant, always ready to lend a hand and a voice to whatever text I request, and with such a poignant delivery. Thank you. The translation into English means dawn has barely broken over the minarets, and my voice calls out to you, O my beloved. In the silence of the dawning day, seek the voice of your lover. Wake up and give me, ah, give me your first smile. Even though the sound on this is not ideal, I think that Teresa Giliscara gives these what I would consider perhaps a definitive performance. Speaking of definitive performances, in 1983, 
Teresa Shiliskara released a live recording of songs by Tchaikovsky with the eminent Polish pianist Jerzy Maczwinski. Here is a trimmed version of the song Was I Not a Little Blade of Grass? Was I not like a little blade of grass? They took me and cut me down and dried me in the sun. Oh, my miserable fate. Was I not my father's daughter? Was I not my mother's little flower? They took me against my will and forced me to marry an old man. Oh, my miserable fate.
In 1980, Teresa Giliscara moved to Monaco, where she lived for a number of decades, finally returning to Poland in the last years of her life. I can't find an official date of Giliscara's retiring from the stage. But in the later years of her life, she took up the mantle of teacher with great earnestness, and I have read over the past several days heartfelt tributes to her mastery, dedication, and commitment as a teacher. On the 26th of January 2020, the Polish National Opera put on a gala concert celebrating Teresa Zieliskara's 90th birthday. I have read that at that event, she treated the public to her performance at the age of 90 of three Chopin songs. She died a week ago yesterday on August 28th at the age of 91. At the time of her death, her colleague Wiesław Ochman spoke about her on Polish radio, and I found a quote which I hope is an accurate translation. He said, She sang the same notes as the others, but it was as if she was looking underneath the notes for what one could find there of the human, of experiences, of joy. Only Teresa could do that. In closing, I'm going to offer two of her definitive renditions. First, from a live performance in Orange in 1975. Here is her Ave Maria from Otello, with Lauren Mazel conducting the Orchestre National de France.
Thank you for joining me today for this, what is for me an emotional celebration of one of my favorite singers of all time. May she rest in peace. May we continue to draw an example from her exquisite, beautifully poised, and technically virtually flawless singing. I consider Teresa Giliscara to have been the ideal Strauss singer. Unfortunately, she did not sing very much Richard Strauss, and that is incomprehensible to me. But we do have two live recordings, live recordings, I stress that, of her singing the four last songs. One is from Hannover in 1983, and a few years before that, in 1977, she also sang them under the baton, again, of Zubin Mehta in Los Angeles. That performance was preserved and broadcast on the radio, and I present to you Beim Schlafengehen, the third of those songs.
may flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. My dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>